Hi, I'm Morgan, and I'm the owner of Jade Beauty Co. in the Chicago suburbs. I have used Schedulicity for the last four years of my business, and I cannot say enough good things about it. Not only does it work perfect for my salon and all the features and options that they offer, but the way that Schedulicity has handled the COVID-19 crisis has just been amazing. And for salon owners or any small business it has really taken one less thing off my very heavy plate right now, and I cannot say enough good things. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, everyone. My name is Jerry Natuno, and this amazing podcast is brought to you by Schedulicity. Welcome to your day off. My name is Corey. Of course, is it my boy, Tony? What up, dog? What's up, man? I, I really love literally sitting next to you, man. I, I love sitting next to you, brother. You know, it's nice. By us being able to do this again together, just, you know, it just has, for me, so much uh, more impact and meaning. And, you know what I mean? We can just feel the vibe and really yeah. get into what we're, you know, trying to do. And, yeah, I, I agree. I mean, it's it, it's 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 weird. Just like uh, even the the communication, like it, it seems a lot easier, you know. And it seems like it's not a communication; it's a vibe, you know. And, and I think like although we were having communications, like you know, via you know Zoom, you know, when we did the podcast, that was a communication. And like, but it, it, I kind of felt like we were missing that vibe of that 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 like that like togetherness, you know, Hundo, brother, you know. So, and which is also, by the way, why we like to do live events because, you know, when you talk to somebody across the table and you, you actually get to see their soul, you know, it's just a different vibe. Yeah. And just, you know, we, we are social individuals, right? So being at live events and being next to you, you know what I mean? We get to feel that social need. Yeah, no doubt. There's no doubt. So speaking of social needs, one of our absolute favorite people in the world um, is, uh, is on the podcast, uh, with us today. And, um, you know, she's one of our favorite people cause she's one of our favorite people, but she's also uh, pretty brilliant when it comes to, uh, comes to your business and comes to the most important thing about your business, which is making money, making, making money. Yeah. Miss, uh, Nina Tulio, who is, uh, like you said, not only one of our favorite individuals, but she just, you know, just a sweet, sweet spirit someone who truly cares like even when you listen to her podcast or you listen to our podcast you can see how much she loves our industry yeah. uh emotionally you can just see it on her face yeah there's no doubt i mean she puts it out there right uh 100 percent. and we got to hang out with her in january i know we were just talking right before we went on like how long ago january seems you know and and, and i guess it is long ago but you know it was pre-covid and and uh, I, I made the joke that, you know, who knew that ice was going to be the highlight of the year because it's like the, the second or third week of January. But, you know, that up to this point, it, it certainly was the highlight of the year. And part of that highlight for us was, um, which 
it's weird. This whole like internet thing is weird because we've been friends with Nina for, you know, it seems like many, many years, but it was actually the first time that, that we got to touch souls a little bit, you know? So they ever gave her one of those big giant bear hugs. Yeah, She's like, ow, you're hurting me. I'm like, what? <laughs> what? what? Don't be so frail. I told you I was give you a big old bear hug. She's like, no doubt. Ow, ow. <laughs> That's no fun. Stop squeezing me, Tony. I hope Justin doesn't come and kick your butt. Right. I know, right? <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, man, it, it was cool. So we got to hang out at Ice. And we actually hung out all weekend. It wasn't even like a, it wasn't even like a drive-by hug. We, we got to hang out all weekend. And we did dinner. And we did events together. And it, it was it, it was a very, very cool, cool weekend. And, and, and it just yeah, it made our friendship grow even deeper, you know, with Miss Nina. But yeah, I guess we can you know stop talking about the fantasies of uh, of Nina and kind of get into the podcast, shall we? <laughs> yeah, should, we should. <laughs> Let's do it. So, Miss Nina Tulio, welcome back to your day off. Oh my goodness, I almost cried, and it hasn't even been five minutes. Stop. You guys are so kind. I'm so happy to be back. I feel yeah. like a part of my soul was missing because I haven't been. On the podcast, I haven't seen you guys. I mean, obviously, we've talked a lot uh, during COVID, but it feels good to be home. So thanks. Well, welcome home, man. We, we love having you. We're huge fans. We love you so much. And we truly, truly mean everything we say about you. Oh, thank you so much. I swear I love you guys. I feel like you're my brothers from a couple mothers. I mean, right. seriously. <laughs> <laughs> really, no, I really terrible, do. <laughs> I do. I feel that. And I feel like, you know, I'm still healing from my bear hug with Tony, but um, it was much needed for sure. And yeah, that was such a great weekend. I mean, we stayed in the same hotel. We did the whole thing. We did the dinner. We hung out. We went to the show. And it was really just great to spend really good quality time with you guys face to face. So, and it does, it it feels like I've known you forever, like really forever. So it is kind of crazy. And and again, just kind of a weird, like, internet thing or, 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 or podcast thing or whatever is that, you know, normally if I meet somebody for the first time, I don't want to spend all weekend with them. Right. <laughs> but I never, but there was never that feeling. It was like, Oh, you've always been here. You know, that's kind of the feeling. Yeah. That's the feeling with it. Um, which, which it, it's kind of, it's kind of a cool thing, right? It's kind of a, kind of yeah. a cool thing. But I mean, now granted we've spent, you know, 30 hours, you know, on, 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 on zoom together or whatever. So it's not like we're complete strangers, but it, it is kind of a, it's just a weird you know thing to, it's even weird just to have a relation in an evolutionary way, like to have a relationship with somebody that you don't know, you know, that you don't, you know, that you're not having face to face conversation with all the time. It's like Zoom dating. It's like friend dating. Oh yes, you're right. We were like, like friend pen dating. pals before we met. That's it, man. Yes, without yeah. the pen and the writing, just right. zooming. We're like we're like prisoners. She's like <laughs> writing us in prison. Right. <laughs> yeah. So, well, I mean, we don't look far off from that. No, no, definitely not. Well, I mean, if anyone's in prison, it's probably Nina in the whole hair industry right now in California because uh, they're not being they're not able to work. So uh, that's so, what to make this topic even more special too, right? And uh, if talking about January and ice and, and where we were as a country and where we are now, this conversation we're going to have today is, is, is can be more you know, important or needed. Needed. Absolutely. Yeah, there's yeah, no doubt. For sure. And I, I just want to say this because it's really important because it is so heartbreaking, so heartbreaking to see and to, to hear and witness what's going on here in California. And, you know, with these special and, and incredible hairstylists and salon owners that haven't 
worked. Some worked for a little bit and were shut down. You know, I have a friend that actually opened up her suite for the first time and then was shut down within three weeks. We've got people in, you know, other counties and up in the Bay Area that have been closed for five, over five months. And so it's really important for us to really come together. And, you know, I'm really trying to do my part and be a voice and uh, speak about, you know, obviously saving our salons, but more so the, the piece of this that is incredibly important is the funding. You know, there's no more funding for hairstylists and for salon owners and, and other businesses that are not just in our industry, but other businesses that are closed too. And I understand, I get it. But, you know, my position in, in this has been, if you're going to shut salons down, there has to be a solution for funding. There has to be an alternative and a plan on how people are going to feed their families. And so that's what gets me really, really rattled. And, um, you know, I really think that, we just, man, I, I just, my heart just goes out to them. And of course, everybody knows that I'm, I'm here if they need anything, but it, it's been rough. It really has been rough to see. Yeah. I mean, you know, we don't live in California, but certainly my experience has been that, um, you know, we're only at, we're, we can only book at like 50% capacity, but then even on top of that, we can't double book. So, you know, right. our, our usefulness is, is, you know, some, probably somewhere around 30%. So, you know, I, certainly I know my income is down to about 30% of what it once was. Um, you know, pre-COVID. And then, um, you know, on top of that is like, you know, our PPP has run out, you know, like, like we got yeah. it, we were fortunate enough to, to apply and to get a PPP, but you know, now that's done. So, I mean, just to be frank and honest, you know, looking forward, I don't know what that looks like. I don't know if we're going to be able to stay open because, you know, my, all my bills are at a hundred percent of what I was making. And now, you know, now I'm at about 30%, but, right. you know, and then, you know, I, I think part of the conversation too on that is, is that, you know, now that I'm in a salon suite, do I go into a commission salon? Because now I'm only getting 50% of that 30% that, that, that I'm bringing in. So, you know, it, it, it's 30% of that 50%. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, it, it's crazy. It, it's just kind of crazy to, to, to right. we're just in a weird, we're, we're in a yeah. weird world. So, you know, I mean, when it comes to like, uh, all right, now I'm, I'm scratching and I'm clawing and I'm trying to figure out how to make money. And, and, and I think that that's why we're having this conversation because um you know, who better for us to go to than, than Nina to, uh, to kind of, to kind of help, help coach us and guide us through this. Yeah. I mean, we have been, there's so many shifts happening. There are so many suite owners and renters that are now considering going back to a commission salon. There are so many, uh, you know, commission salons that are closing. There are people who have just packed it in and left the industry in general you know, there are so many people who are, although there are a lot of stylists that were commissioned that are also now going into suites, you know, there's a lot of movement and there's a lot of shifting. And with all of that comes the money side of it, you know, and you, I mean, obviously you guys know that I purely and simply talk about business and a big part of business is obviously your numbers and also the money side and the money component. And I feel like in our industry there, and, and in life in general, there's just a stigma around talking about money. But more so, I believe, in our industry because it is a sensitive topic. It's an emotional topic. And I think that depending on where we come from, you know, in terms of how our relationship is with money from how we grew up really affects us behind the chair because it now becomes an emotional decision. So then a lot of us, and I say us because I used to run my business when I had my salon in the early stages, I ran it based on a lot of emotion, which meant that. I put others first in terms of, you know, my finances. I put the client first and other people first instead of putting me first. And it was a lot of fear-based decisions. And 
I know things are changing and I know stylists are being more aware and mindful of money and saving money and spending money and budgeting and all of that. But I really wanted to have this conversation to say, the only way we're going to move through it is if we talk about it. You know, we have to talk about money, period. There's no doubt. Yeah, hundred percent. Because I mean, I think we all struggle with decisions and, and it's based a lot around fear mm-hmm. you know, as far as raising prices or, you know, mm-hmm. et cetera, et cetera. It's all, you know, fear-based. You know, I think, I think it's interesting too. And I don't know, I, I don't know if it's all service industries, but certainly our service industry is that, you know, once you have like skin to skin contact with somebody, mm-hmm. like, like it makes like the money conversation a little bit different. Like, you know, if you go yeah. to like, if you go to, you know, wherever Best Buy and you buy a TV, you, you've, you're very aware that that's a business transaction that's happening. You know, so, so I think in, in our industry and in probably in other service industries, you know, it just kind of muddies the water there about, you know, what's, what's a friendship because you're also trying to build a relationship with somebody. And but, then what, but I think that's, that's the hairdresser's point of view, right? So I think from a, a, a customer, it's, it's still business. But from the hairdresser, it becomes more personal, yeah. right? We, you know, because we do their hair, I think we take it for granted that we look at them as now a friend, a client, you know what I mean? And sometimes, you know, you can relax on your customer service and eventually you can lose a client because of that, right? So I think it's our perspective. Yeah, I think I think that's fair. I would actually, I, I'm kind of interested in that conversation. I don't know if today's the day yeah. to do it, but right. that's a very interesting conversation. You know, really, I mean, I think you're right. I think you're right on, you know. and Right and, on the and, money. Way to pull that out, Neil. But, but yeah, I mean, it's actually interesting. Right before we got on, like I raised my prices, and um, you know, I've always been, I've always been that that hairdresser. You know, I've been scared of what that conversation was going to be if I raised my prices and stuff. But you know, now that our entire industry, and I think I can speak for the industry, um, you know, now a lot of us are in survival mode. And you know, it's actually funny, like the priority of money when you're in survival mode is completely different because. Like now I've raised my prices and I have zero, zero guilt, zero whatever um, about, about, about the new prices because, you know, we're trying to survive. Absolutely. And well, if you also think of it in this sense, the emotional side of you removed was removed because now you had to focus on surviving. So if we were to make business decisions and remove the emotion just in our everyday business, it makes things so much easier because when you get the emotion involved, it just makes things so much more confusing. So really what happened for you is you're like, listen, I have to survive. So it's no more of this. Well, you know, I love Karen and Judy and I really want to take care of them. And if I raise my prices, they're going to leave. There's no more of that emotional side because you have to feed your family. And my goal and mission really is to really give stylists and salon owners the facts and, and educate them so they can raise their prices with confidence and with based on facts and not fear. And because we're, you know, depending on how we're raised and, you know, I can speak for myself and, and the relationship that I had with money. And I just want to disclaimer, you know, I'm no financial expert by any means, but I have been through some things and I speak from my experience and I don't want people to go through what I went through when it comes to going broke. I have a blog about going broke and how it changed my life. I'm very open in talking about it. But when, we, when I grew up, it was we didn't have money growing up. So my space was, and, and my mom didn't ever say like, this is what you should do when you grow up. You should put money aside and you should have an IRA and you should make sure that you're saving for your future. We never had that conversation because my mom and dad lived in survival mode because they didn't have a lot of money. 
So it was always this like survival mode and kind of like fight or flight. And then when I went, and then you couple that just with, you know, my emo, my own emotional baggage, when I got behind the chair, it was like, okay, in order for me to grow this business, I have to think about them first, which means that I may not make the money that I want to, but at least I have them in my chair. You know, I kind of put myself on the back burner and I think a lot of hairstylists can relate to that. And then you get in the cycle of doing that. Now it's like, okay, if I don't discount their prices and if I don't do X, Y, Z, they're not going to stay. And this is this vicious cycle that we, that we go on. And I think that because of what's happening in our world, COVID has really shaken us, not just our industry, but people in general. And I have heard more stylists over the last five months tell me how they are going to raise their prices, just like you, Corey, how they are going to, and they're not thinking twice about it, how they are going to tweak their schedule where they're not going to be working six days a week, 55 hours a week. They're really, they got their priorities in line. And now it is more, it more is about what is going to help them in their future and set them up for success. And I'm not saying don't serve your guests. You guys know I'm all about serving your guests, but you also have to think about you and your needs too. And so I think this discussion is important to have now. We've got to get comfortable talking about price. In consultations, we've got to get comfortable talking about money. And we have to not be afraid or ashamed of the mistakes that we've made with money. And you're saying our needs and our needs, no, it, money is is more important now than ever because we just mm-hmm. aren't making it. Right. Absolutely. And we're thinking about it differently. Yeah. I mean, to that point, Tone, I mean, I always took for granted that we could make money. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, like, like the, all, through, through our, we, listen, we're very, very fortunate. We live at, we live, we work in a very uh, wealthy community you know, and, and generally speaking, we've never had to like ask for money. Do you know what I mean? Like, like up sales are, are easy, you know, with your, anyways, all, all of that, all that, all that being said, you know, so I've never, I've always taken for granted that, oh, I can, I can make money next week. I can make money today. I can make money tomorrow. Um, but now that conversation's completely changed because now it's like, now I'm feeling like, oh, I have to make money. You know, like, like now money is, 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 is that, is that top, is that top priority? You know, I, I made, I've been the conversation that, that I've had with a couple other hairdressers is that, you know, if you had a slow week, um, I could have one day and it would make up for the entire week, you know, right. and now like if I get one cancellation during the week because of the way that things are scheduled, it actually kills my entire week. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? So, so I'm playing from a different position now, you know, where before it's like, oh, I mean, I want to talk to you uh, maybe off air or on air just about how Saturdays in our area has changed priority. You know, Saturdays used to be numero uno on our book, but because not everybody works at home, that's not the case anymore, but that's right. a whole nother story. But, you know, I could have a great Friday, you know, and, and it would make up for all the money that I need to make during the week. And now once again, you know, if, if I get one cancellation during the week, it just kills my numbers for the week. Yeah. We're just, we're scratching. Wow. And it's so true for so many stylists and owners that, you know, are, we're all living through this right now. And I think the shift is like what you said, people are starting to think about their business and think about money differently because now you're surviving and you're not living in that emotional space where you can have the, you know, flexibility to give a discount. Now, if you give that discount, it could be, you know, really a couple bucks from you closing your doors. I mean, really there are salon owners that I'm talking to and even independents that are really in that space. Like it's that serious. 
And so what I would love for people to do and, and really going even a little bit deeper is to, because I think, and I say for most of us are really like, it's real easy for us to discount services. Like we've lived in that space, not maybe now, right? That's maybe had, has shifted a little bit, but let's talk prior COVID. I've been in this space a million times myself where you just feel that urge to discount that client because they've been with you for so long, or you feel that urge because of your friend or your family to discount that service. Or when Karen says that she can't afford the $200 balayage that you normally do, the side of you that's like, don't worry, I'll do it for $150. There's something that's telling you that if you don't do it, she'll leave you. You know, and there's a fear of rejection there that kind of comes along with this. And I think what we really kind of have to do and what I've done myself is think about why we think about money the way that we do. You know, it really has to go back to what we're taught and it really has to go back to what we've seen in our own home life and almost wanting to change the pattern. You know, for me, I've always wanted to, um, I saw my mom and dad struggle. You know, my mom worked for many years, three jobs and I watched her do that and I watched her really kill herself doing that. And so um, that kind of inspired me to not want to live in that space. So it, it caused me to really think about money differently because I didn't want to work three jobs when I grew up. And not that there's anything wrong with that. I have so much respect for my mom, but I saw how it killed her and I didn't want that for me. So when I started to dig a little bit deeper into that and understand that the struggle is what I kind of used to motivate me, I had to start to remove the fear from the way that I was operating behind the chair, because no one's going to look out for you other than you, you know, your clients. Yes, they love you. And I say this a million times, there are 10% of your clients that absolutely love you and will do anything for you. The other 90%, whether you show up or not, are going to continue to find another stylist and move on with their life. That's just the reality of our business. You have to make decisions that are going to set you up for financial success. And it doesn't mean you can't be kind and it doesn't mean you can't give and serve. It just means that you have to think about your own needs and wants for your future. And it's going deeper. And really, I would love for people to just kind of think about like, why do I do that? Like, what is it that I saw or what is, what is it that I was taught that makes me feel that this is okay? Because in any other industry... People okay, like discounting. You're talking about like for discounting, discounting, like discounting yeah. yourself, like, really. Discounting yourself. Like there's no no other industry that's like, okay, you know what? You can't, I'm going to, let me just do $50 off today. Like that's not happening. Yeah. You're not walking into stores or restaurants. If you can't afford to buy a taco, you're not getting one. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like <laughs> this is the truth, is the reality of it. And so it's the like. taco Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. You're not walking into a restaurant and saying, this is all I can afford today. What can I eat? Right. What can you serve me? We have to change our mindset, but it starts with us. And we have to dig a little bit deeper within our souls, you know, and really kind of work through it. You know, I want to, I kind of want to go back to what Tony said about, you know, that, that, you know, our perspective is that it's not a business transaction, but for our clients, it is a, a business transaction. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's actually interesting um, because if you're going to lose that client because of a 10% increase, then that's exactly what it was, was a business was a business um, a decision on their part, right? Which we all have the right to make business decisions. Sure. But, 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 you know, there's so much emotion from our side mm -hmm. um, uh, uh, in that, that, um, that uh, it just, it just cleared it up for me a lot. I mean, that, that was very, I, you know what, it is a business transaction mm -hmm. on their side. So, you know, and, and everybody expects to pay what they, 
with the service that you're providing. Sure. That was such a powerful statement, really, because if you think about it, we put the pressure on ourselves. We're not getting the pressure from the client. No, no. We create it. I've lived it. I've created it a million times. And so when you start to think about it and say, you know, this is my perfect target client. These are the people who I want to spend time with. If you have someone that if you have a 10% bump or a 15% increase, if they can no longer see you, that's okay. The mindset shift is that if you, you're not losing them, you're really making room for other people that want to either A, see your value or want to pay for your value and can afford it. So it's really making the shift from thinking, oh, I'm going to lose people, you're not losing them. You're just making room for other people who will pay your new prices, you know, who really will see value. People leave basically because they don't see the value in you or they think, or they just can't afford you. You know, those are really a couple of the reasons why people, you know, part, there are other reasons too, but when when we're talking about money, that's really what it comes down to, but we've got to stop putting pressure on ourselves to really please everyone. You have to start to please yourself first and have a business plan and have a plan of action and understand your numbers and profit margins and those, you know, KPIs and benchmarks that I talk about, because that's why stylists have now, they are woke because they have been without funds, work, paychecks, money for so long that they're like, I'm over this shit. I am, and I've had conversations with real stylists that are like, I'm over this shit, bending over backwards. And now here I am, I'm going to go back stronger. I'm going to have systems. I'm going to have boundaries and I'm going to set myself up for success. And guess what? Like you, they've had price increases. No one flinched. Right. Maybe you lose a couple people here and there. That's okay. You need room for somebody else. Yeah. I, 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 correct me if I'm wrong, but, but um, a stat that I heard that, you know, if you increase your prices by 10%, you'll lose 10%. If you increase your prices by 20%, you'll lose 20%. But even, even, even if you lose 10% with a 10% increase, 10% dollar increase, you'll lose 10% of your client. Mm-hmm. But even, I mean, you're still making more money. So now you're working less hard. Sure. Right? So you, now you're working less hard for, for, for the, for more money, right? Cause that 90% is still going to pay that 10% increase, you know? So, right. you know, that's you know, on a hundred bucks that's, or on a hundred clients, that's, it's still an extra $900 um, in, in your, in your account, you know, even though, uh, you know, I mean, I raised my prices uh, and not a single, even though only 50% of my clientele has come back so far because of, because of the pandemic, but not a single one, has complained at all mm-hmm. of the prices. Actually, you know what, Nina? Tony did something slick, <laughs> and, and, and I want to talk about this. And I want to, uh, I want to, I want to give him a high five because I actually thought it was brilliant. Uh, he not, he might not even know that he did it, but I still think it's brilliant. Um, is that he changed what he called his services, and with that, and with the change in the services, there was also a different price with those services. Mm. That makes sense. Yeah. So it was, it was actually genius because, uh, you know, it, it was kind of like he muddied the waters and then, you know, got paid at the end. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, damn. You sly one, you. <laughs> Slick Rick. <laughs> Slick Rick. Yeah, so um, I, I don't know where I was going now. Well, I'll tell you one of the things that I've done that actually it increased uh, my hourly rate is that so before I never offered a haircut without a blow dry, right? But since the pandemic, people want to come in, get a haircut. They don't necessarily need a blow dry. So, you know, I said, okay, so this is my new rate. 
uh, for the haircut without a blow dry. Um, and this is without tipping on either end. Uh, I make $40 extra an hour uh, without a blow dry. Mm. Less work. That's it. Exactly. So, so, okay. So I, I actually want to dive into this, Nina, you're on my team now. We're going to go after Tony. Um, so, so did you figure out what your hourly was going to be and then you broke it down by the time that you did, or did you just kind of go in and go, ah, this sounds about right. Uh, a little bit of both. Right. So I knew, um, uh, what my, what, what I wanted my hourly rate to be for full service. Right. So, and I knew, uh, by discounting or not necessarily discounting, but offering a service that's not necessarily my, that I, I really kind of believe in, in a sense, you know what I mean? Right. Um, I'm not going to discount it that much. Right. You know what I mean? Well, let's talk, let's talk real. So, so a blow dry, so a blow dry, a haircut with a blow dry, which you booked for 45 minutes. Right. Right. So, so you, you cut off 15 minutes. Right, you're cutting off that blow dry time, and and so. So I give you real numbers. Yeah, my, my haircut uh, with a blow dry is ninety bucks. My haircut mm-hmm. without a blow dry is sixty five bucks. Mm-hmm. Right, right. So hourly, I'm one hundred thirty dollars for a non blow dry, and uh, ninety bucks for forty five minutes. Right. Uh, so th- that's what a hundred. It's fifty bucks for fifteen minutes. Yeah. Yeah, I mean that makes what that, that that makes you know brilliant sense. And I mean, you talk about a way to make more money and not even mm-hmm. people not even know. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, right. like that's kind of a slick like rip. Well, know? this is the thing. You're leveraging mean, time now. Well, it is time. And and pricing really has to do with a few different things. It's your expenses, it's your target profit, it's your time, it's product, it's your demographic, right? So when we break this down, and this has been like really eye-opening for a lot of hairstylists and even salon owners um, over, you know, doing some of these free classes that I've been doing. I can't believe how many hairstylists are not charging for blow dries. Like this is blowing my mind. And so let's just say they're doing a root touch up. They're doing a root touch up and a blow dry for 65 bucks. That root touch up and blow dry is an hour and a half service. Right. And I'm like, Oh, here we go again down the rabbit hole of fear and money. Right well, I really don't, it's only my time. And I really didn't think it was a big deal. It is a big deal when it ends up to be 7,000 more a year with blow dry charges, right? Because your time is valuable. So in working with these people and and these stylists, it's like, we've got to get you to start charging for your time. So we come up with a scenario price per minute on how to charge for time with their blow dries. Now you can't necessarily- I have an antidote for this, Nina, if I can can add it. So I worked at a salon, when Tony and I worked together in a commission salon, mm-hmm. um, I didn't charge for blow drives, right? So it mm-hmm. was the color service and, and blow drives were a part of that service, right? Sure, yeah. I didn't charge it. So then I went to went to another salon, um, which which had a pretty strict kind of, they, they, use, they, they were a summit salon, so they had mm-hmm. like, yep. you know, strict hourly type stuff. And what was happening was like, I was resistant to it because again, it's that conversation. Like what's my right. conversation with the clients that I've done for 20 years who's never paid for a blow dry, right? Mm-hmm. So it was that conversation. And then, you know, the, the owner of the salon took me to a side and she says, listen, you're charging, and I don't even remember the numbers, but you'll understand, you know, you're charging X for, for a blow dry and a hair color. 
and my first year colors, although their color is $20 cheaper because they're charging for a blow dry, they're making more than you are right. for the service. And then, and then like she, uh, pardon my mouth, but you know, she fucked with my ego. Wait a second. I can't like, I can't have a first year hairdresser like outspending or, or earning more than me for, for the same service. You know what I mean? So yeah. that was, that was a big eye opener to me. And that's kind of when, I, I never kind of looked back after that. I was like, okay, you know what? That my that time is value in 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 I yada yada. Right, and we'll talk about removing the fear. That that happened so quickly, right? With the ego, your <laughs> ego took over, and you're like, shit, screw that fear. I'm gonna yeah, charge exactly. everybody. Well, and then it came down to the same thing that I said before: is like whatever clients I lose. I'm going to make money by charge, just charging for the blow dry because now that hour, I mean, now that hourly rate is way, way up, you know, to Tony's point. Absolutely. And you know, here's the thing. And cause people question me about this. I love a good package presentation. So I love telling the guest it is a balayage and the balayage includes a tone and a haircut, right? I'm all about a good package, but we have to get down to the nitty gritty when we're pricing it. So when I teach to price, we, you know, I, I teach them their price per minute. And it is the balayage, the tone, and then we add in the haircut because the haircut is an extra service, but you have to package it accordingly. So you package it in an a la carte price and that's, and you, but you deliver it as a package to the guest. Do you know what I'm saying? So it's not like your balayage is 160, your toner's 30, your haircut's 50. You just present it with a nice little bow and as a gift, but behind the scenes, I can't have you discounting it. So a lot of people think package means discount. So there's two different things. You can package your services, say $60 for a root touch-up and, and say $40 for a haircut, right? You present it to your guest as $100 as a package. What we don't want to do is present it to the guest as an $80 package because now it's a $20 discount. Yeah. So it's really pricing that, and, and the delivery that goes into this whole thing. I love that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it, it totally makes sense, right? And, and you know, I... I admit for the longest time, I mean, my, I've only raised my prices, uh, 15 bucks over the last 10 years. Wow. Right. You know what I mean? Wow. Yeah. And on a percentage, I mean, again, you're at like, you know, whatever, like 20% or something over, over, over 10 years, you know, if you kind of think of it like as that, you know, as, 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 well, my price have only raised 20%. Right. It's also really hard. Like I'm finding like as a, as a, um, as a salon suite owner that, um, that, that it's hard to stay honest to that. I, we talked to somebody on the podcast. I don't remember who it was. And I actually think this is absolutely genius. And, and it's so simple is that their prices go up January 1st every year. Mm-hmm. It's not negotiable. The prices go up, you know, I think, and I think it's like uh, five or 10%. And then, you know, it, you just get into this rhythm and then people just expect it. Especially you know, like if, if you're, you're a sweet owner, cause your rent goes up 3% every year. So do your products. And you so, know, yeah, so everything else goes up around you. And, and this is where, you know, really kind of like stuck in my head. So, so everything else around me is going up on an average of 3% a year, but yet I'm not raising my prices. So every year I'm getting a, you're a, losing a, 3%. Yeah. So I'm getting a decrease. Yeah. You're undercutting yourself really. And so many stylists and owners do that. And I think, you know, I feel like you have to do what is best for your business you know, I'm, am I a proponent of saying every single year you should raise your prices? Not necessarily. It may work for some and not for others. It depends on your demographic. Let's, well, you know, let, let's talk that through, though. I mean, why wouldn't it? I mean, if all your prices are going up, I mean, uh, Redkin doesn't care. For well, me, sure. you know, Redkin, but, Redkin, but, Redkin, but if you're raising it 5%, up. you know, and, and, and the average inflation is 3%, 
So you you almost raised it a two year worth of uh, of inflation. It has to. It depends on how you're going to raise them. So but I'm also not looking to keep my business even. I mean, I want to make more money. You want to make more profit, and well, you want to make more money. So then, hopefully, with budgeting, you can make more profit. No, and I hear money. what you're saying. So <laughs> I always say, like a good year and a half or so is kind of like a good time. It gives you a little bit of. Uh, more information and feedback, you know, in terms of doing your pricing, if you want to do a yearly increase, I'm not saying don't do it, but if you're doing a yearly increase, you can't do a 10, 15, 20% increase every year because then you're going to outprice yourself. You could outprice yourself in your market, perfect. right? So you almost have to do, is it going to be your haircuts that go up maybe 10% this year? And then maybe next year, it's all of your color services. There are ways to do it. And yes, like I don't, I don't, I can't say in my salon that my, my color prices went up every single year. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I can't say that they did, but there were things that did go up every, you know, every single year, but I had to take an account and sit down and look at my pricing to make sure that it was right where I was. Then I can make the increase based on that. So that's kind of how you have to look at your books and your numbers. Now, if you have a color line and they have a big increase, then you have to account for that. You know, I get that. But to say, you know, every single year, I say it works for some and it doesn't work for others. If you're going to do it every year, do a little of a smaller bump than doing a large bump. Because again, maybe over five years, you're eventually going to kind of price yourself out of your market. Um, but let's focus on the service side of it. You know, when we talk about price increases, it really shouldn't be so scary if you are adding value to the guest experience. So instead of being nervous about, oh my God, what if she leaves? What if he leaves? What am I going to do? Focus on how can I add value to the guest experience? Then it doesn't make the price increase so scary, right? Because now you're willing maybe to do things that other stylists are not willing to do that are going to up the ante on the guest experience. And there's many things. I talk about so many of them in a lot of my courses, but it could be uh, you know, the, the intake forms and how they're being taken care of, you know, all about digital intake forms right now, digital consultations, um, your consultation time with new guests. I believe that you should be scheduling out an additional 15 to 30 minutes with your new guest just to create that loyalty and bond and trust when you meet them for the first time. And then it's the follow-up. Of course, it's all what happens in between, but then it's the follow-up. Like, how are you communicating with them when they leave? That's, that's called just building client retention. So there are so many things that you can do while they're there. Hot towel experiences, shampoo experiences, so many things. But really, it's how you're communicating when they are not in front of you to make yourself seen and still be present in their lives, especially with my balayage people that are not going to see you for three, four, five months. You know, checking in with them and letting them know that you care. So you know, let's not focus on losing clients and being fearful on the increase. Let's talk about how we can add value to keep the guests that we have, but also bring in a new flux of clients that aren't even going to think about your new prices, you know? Damn, I love that. Hey, so, uh, you know, you know, I stalk you pretty good. But, uh, <laughs> so uh, we have a mutual yeah, friend. going to kick your butt. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. <laughs> big hugger. <laughs> We're gonna, we should get Tony a shirt that just says that big hugger. <laughs> big hugger. Um, so, uh, so I mean, we have a mutual friend that you've been doing a lot of uh, a lot of stuff on the internets, and I think you've been doing some podcasts with uh, with mm -hmm. Ms. Michelle Cook, um, who is honestly is hair industry's uh, CPA, and she's also uh, my at home CPA. But uh, what are you guys up to? Because because uh, I think what you guys are kind of, are, are are up to is it's kind of game changing. Thanks. So I love Michelle. Thank you so much for introducing me, you know, us to each other, because, you know, I always feel like 
I'm not an expert in terms of being, I'm not a CPA and I'm not an expert in finances. And so if I don't know something, I want to bring in an expert to make sure that they can talk about it and share their, their knowledge and wisdom. And so I created uh, my make that money five week course just for suite owners and renters. And I have to say that I actually, I was supposed to come out with my synergy online course first, which is for my salon owners, but I switched the two of them because of the trend that I saw that was happening during COVID where these independents were really having these woke moments of wanting to increase their prices and understand their price per minute and really have a better relationship with money. So because I know that there is uh, you know, a lot of salon owners and stylists are not paying attention to their bookkeeping. And they haven't been taught how to take care of their bookkeeping and taxes and how to file and, you know, LLC, sole proprietor, all of these things. I thought it would really be a good idea to bring Michelle Cook, the CPA, into my Make That Money five-week course and also into my Synergy course to just talk about bookkeeping, filing of taxes, how to incorporate. And the awesome thing about this and, and what Michelle is doing, and she's also doing her own course as well, is that she's coming in and she is spending one full hour with me doing a video in the course. And then she's doing another full hour and 15 minute live class. So anyone that's in my course can actually spend time asking her anything they want to ask about bookkeeping, taxes, filing, incorporate anything. And I'm telling you for the price of these courses, you wouldn't even be able to pay her for her hourly rate. And so I just feel like it's such an added value to have her come in and share her wisdom into these courses. And, uh, you know, and then she's doing her own thing with her bookkeeping course, which is really dope too. And, and, and what we found uh, that was amazing about her, that she is a hairdresser <laughs> uh, first, right? Yeah. And she is a certified CPA. So she truly understands mm-hmm. our industry. Yeah, isn't it? It's yeah. actually it's actually funny and um you know just a little like a like podcast, you know, background or whatever is that we um certainly with the new tax codes that came out a few years ago like we were we were really searching for like a CPA that we wanted to bring on the podcast to kind of to kind of break it all down, but we just mm-hmm. couldn't find one that we clicked with. You know, we just had a hard time. And, and, and honestly, as much as we wanted to create the, or provide that uh, content for our industry, we just couldn't find the right person for that. And then, and then along comes Michelle. And like three seconds later, I was like, oh, we have our CPA. Like, mm-hmm. like I, I get it now. And like, you know, I know with our business, we've, we've had so many, uh, aside from the tax, um, the tax code stuff, we had so many questions about, well, I mean, Michelle is awesome at letting you know what you don't know, and, and it's all very helpful, you know. And and, and uh, here's a CPA's job, and it's very very simple. A CPA's job is to is to minimize what you pay the government. That's their job, and to do it legally, of course, right? right. But to do it legally, so legally to pay the government the least amount. So you know, I, I think that a that that I think a CPA or, or certainly Michelle, the CPA, is is an absolute. Uh, uh, invaluable asset to have in your corner. So um, I, I applaud you guys. I'm so glad you guys, you guys, you guys are friendly and get, get, and get on. Oh, I love her. She's awesome. And I learned something from her every time. So we've already done make that money already had one session mm-hmm. and we did the live course with her. And I just, it was just question after question. I mean, 
the majority of the uh, students tuned in to the live and they just had so many great questions. And I was like over here taking notes because I'm learning too. And she just has all the answers and she really, she's direct and she speaks her mind, um, but she also cares, you know, and that's why I wanted to make sure that I linked up with someone that also cared about people as much as I do. And uh, so, yeah, we're doing, we're linked up. I mean, we have stuff going on, you know, for the rest of the year with Synergy and also with Make That Money. And then she's doing her own course on bookkeeping, which is amazing. And my students are also really excited about that too, because we don't dive into bookkeeping so much. It's more about taxes, mm -hmm. um, but it's been a really great gift because I, that's just not my expertise. You know, I focus on KPIs and percentages and budgets and top line sales and all that shit. And then I bring her in to do all of the uh, good CPA and tax stuff. Well, she can also explain what all that means, mm -hmm. right? Like I remember, sure. um, I remember, you know, at the beginning of COVID, um, before we even hired Michelle, that, that I'm going through my numbers and like, like, well, how much, how much is two and a half months of income? You know, I know what, and as an, ind as an independent, like, is the income what I'm bringing in or is the income what I'm paying myself at the end of the day? Like, sure. like I didn't know what any of that meant. I don't think we talked about it. So I know that right. you, you kind of didn't know what that meant either. And, you know, basically I was just kind of guessing, well, to my surprise, once we hired Michelle, she's like, you didn't ask for enough money. And I go, oh, man, come on. And you never want to hear that, especially when it comes to, like, a grant situation, right? Yeah. She's like, uh, she, what, what's it called? Whatever paper that I needed to kind of prove. But, you know, she went through my 2018, and she's like, no, you could ask for a lot more money, which, you know, we were talking about a grant, and I just want to hang myself. Mm. Oh, <laughs> yeah. man. But it's pretty awesome to see two, two of some of our – favorite people kind of connect and create this magic. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, uh, I think next week you're going to get a little tease in it too, because uh, we're going to have both Nina and Michelle on the podcast together. So uh, uh, Michelle can kind of talk about what she's going to, what, what she's offering and, and, and uh, Nina can uh, come in and support her. Yeah. Yes. Love it. I know. And I love having someone like her that is just so knowledgeable in that area. So it's been really, really great. She's like a gift, doesn't she? It, she's the gift that just keeps on giving. <laughs> yeah, you ain't kidding. So how can our <laughs> listeners uh, learn more about Make That Money and uh, find out all the stuff that you're you're up to and you're doing? Yeah, absolutely. So you guys know I live on Instagram. So you can find me on Instagram at my name. So at Nina Tulio. And shoot me a DM if you have any questions. I respond to every single DM that comes into my uh, my DM box. And I really want to make sure that I'm staying in contact and like on the ground floor with our hairstylists and salon owners. You can also check out my website at onenagency.com. And I have my make that money course um, that, you know, is, is going on and, and up for pre-sale right now. And of course, all the other cool things that I have on my website, there are a lot of free downloads and just a lot of really good information on business and, and money and financing and, and budgeting and all of that good stuff just to help you just be more mindful about uh, your numbers and really taking care of your business to make it a successful and sustainable business. So hop on my website and check that out too. And survive and survive. Yes. You know, the, the, the word of the year, yeah. <laughs> survival. Yes. <laughs> it's so crazy. Nina, we love you so love much. Love you guys um, so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, man. Thank you. Thank you for the, for the friendship and for all the wise advice that, uh, that we're all here to share and, you know, big high fives to our whole podcast community, because I love the fact that we can be all in this together. And there's not that, mm. com that, that weird competitive spirit that, that, that comes from nowhere. Oh, um, thank you guys. Um, I love you so much. I'm sending you so much virtual love, <laughs> virtual love. We'll take it. <laughs> 
since we can't have the since we can't have the real stuff anymore, right? Like I can't hug you anymore. I know. I, I was I was talking to some people, you know, just about missing the shows, and I think what I miss most about it are the hugs and high fives. You know, yes. that, even with our clients, you know, like like we love to hug our clients and stuff. Mm-hmm. But, you know, we've kind of it's an endorphin we got to make up elsewhere. It's an elbow. <laughs> so now, exactly. Now it's an elbow or people look at you weird. You know? <laughs> yeah, this is true. Very true. Okay. All right, Nina, thank you, man. Enjoy, enjoy your time out there in California. And, and let you. us all pray that California can uh, get yes. their businesses up and running as quickly as possible. And yes, yes. Miss mm-hmm. Nina Tulio, thank you very, very much for joining us on your Hey, hey, so there it is. Hey, this is a message that um, we've been trying to bring, I don't know, for the last couple of months, actually since we started the podcast. Hey, so if you like the podcast or if you find that it's useful, please, please, please leave us a review, a five-star review on iTunes. Um, leave us a rating and a review. But if you don't like it, forget about it. <laughs> yeah, totally forget about this message. We also want to thank Sarah and Blaine from Pretty Gritty. Uh, Sarah and Blaine, they are a band out of uh, Portland, Oregon, and we just want to thank them very much for allowing us to use their song, Pleased to Meet You, on our podcast. Um, that's cool. I think you can find... Actually, you can. You can find their music on um, on iTunes. Peace and hair grease. <laughs>